Life Happens Weekdays 1 to 3 p.m. Good afternoon. Welcome to Life Happens. Today is Monday. Thank you so much for being with us. My name is Pimelo Modena. I'm going to be with you until three. So today, obviously, many um, young people are going back to school. This is the, the day that a lot of public schools were opening today. We came across a piece um, from a gentleman called Lifohonolomufuking, Master of Education graduate from the University of Vastvasserrand, Mandela Road Scholar. And also an author of a of your first year of varsity of a survival guide for university and college and refers to himself as an aspiring world class township commerce teacher who currently teaches in a township school in Bloemfontein in the Free State. So what was it about this particular piece? Well, he says, as a teacher in the past five years that he's been a teacher, he has completely lost faith completely lost faith. And I thought that was such an honest account. We have to speak to him and see exactly what it is that makes him feel so despondent about his profession. Mr. Mkwena, thank you so much. Mfuging, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to Australia. How are you? I'm well. Today was your first day at school? Yes, it was. It was. And how did For it go? <laughs> I mean, I my... the first day with, with, with learners, right? Yes, yes, yes. Mm. How did uh, my... today go? I think we have a long way to go. Uh, I was sitting with a few colleagues and I just had to separate myself from a mess, if you like. Mm. Uh, because there were still a lot of basic things that I feel could have been done before learners reported for school, but they were not. So my expectation was today we were hitting the, the ground running. Uh, teaching and learning had to happen, but we still had to orientate learners. Uh, uh, spell out expectations around the subjects, what the road ahead looks like. And for me, I think when you compare our township schools with your former emergency schools, I think there, there should be some differences. And I'm still a little bit despondent. Um, and we can do really better as schools. You, so, you, you teach grade 8 to 12? Yes, 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 yes. And and a lot of what you say uh, on the piece that you've penned is how you feel about the profession itself as a professional. H- how are the learners today? You're saying that you, you know you were not as prepared as you should have been. Were the learners eager to come back to school? What was the attitude with the learners? Generally, with my school, uh, as much as we have challenges, I think we are doing better compared to other country schools. And the general mood was that of. Uh, anticipation and uncertainty to some extent and I think it's teachers who set the tone if you set the right tone learners will most likely follow suit Uh, but generally because I was able to teach my accounting students they were quite eager to learn Uh, and but there are no major issues there are not major issues to report on you when you wrote this piece um, this was before COVID right Oh, no, it was, <laughs> it was 20, 2021, no. January 26th. Yes, yes, yes. 
and and you hadn't gone back to the classroom with learners, but you yes, were yes. already thinking about how it has been as a teacher for the f- past five years five years and the yes. community that you find yourself in, um, your colleagues and so on. What what is your biggest concern? Because something happens for you to to pen something like this to say, well, I want to be uh, open about what's really going on in the classroom, what's really going on in the schools. And, yes. uh, you know, it's not a gl- glorious account that you put together. What yes. what got you to writing about the profession? I routinely write about a lot of issues on education, mm-hmm. but I, I felt it necessary for me to reflect on the past five years that I've been a teacher and hopefully teaching other uh, potential teachers uh, or exposing them to challenges I hate. And for me, I had to reflect on my journey. Uh, what, what has it been like? Uh, comparing it to what research says and your commentators uh, around issues of education. And to be honest, I was quite uh, worried. And I still am uh, because you, I'm a young, relatively young person who, who's just uh, graduated from this university. And I, I joined the profession with high levels of optimism, uh, expectations, and expectations, uh, you, you can't separate challenges, but you, 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 you want to be optimistic about the profession. And when you join the profession, uh, the first thing that you'll be told is uh, with high levels of energy, you're, we just give you two years. Uh, by the time you retire, uh, all that energy and all those aspirations will be out of the window. And as you spend more time in a profession, you realize that the best way to preserve your skin and sanity is to exit while you still have that energy and hope for the future. Because the longer you wait, you even become irrelevant because you are outspoken, you are frustrated, the way things are done is not how everyone is used to. And just recently, I was told that there are many things that are happening at this school that will not change because that's how things have been. And it certainly tells you that whatever hopes you have, you won't really realize uh, many of them because many people are used to how things are. It's okay for school not to run properly on the first day of a new year because it's how things have been happening in our township schools. But when you compare that to, say, for example, uh, a school in Johannesburg, or St. John's, things are completely different. And for me, it has to do with the culture, organizational culture. What is it that we teach these kids uh, about us as particularly black people? Uh, what kind of a tone do we set for the future? That's why in my case, I think uh, we have a chaotic country because our schools are equally chaotic and uh, uh, that's just my observations in the profession and some may even counter them with some examples. Why did you want to be a teacher, Dr. Ronald? Uh, I'm motivated by or driven by, I, I, I think teaching has to do with politics. You cannot divorce education from politics and for me choosing the profession had to do with my desire to transform our society and to really give hope to our kids, uh, to, to show them that even if you are a brilliant someone, you can still be a teacher and make a mark. And that 
that is something that still motivates me uh, even today, despite challenges. I'm going to take a quick break. I've got lots of questions to ask you, and I'm also going to welcome calls, by the way. And if you want to speak to Lutokonolo, who's opened up, you know, about what's happening in the profession, it's not a glowing account. He says there are problems, and mainly the problems are attitudes and and the 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 motivation that is lost within the profession. He says colleagues are just not interested. And he says, well, you know, with a culture like this, how is the society going to move ahead? Um, this is really interesting. So we're going to have that conversation with him and, and continue on that vein. So I will open the lines on 011-714-2006. WhatsApp note is on 0614-104-107. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. So my guest this afternoon is uh, Letloko Nolomufuking, a Master of Education a graduate at Wits University, Mandela Rhodes Scholar, co-author of a book called Your First Year of Varsity, a Survival Guide for University and College. And uh, this is someone who's penned a piece really saying five years and counting this experience that he's talking about in a township school has not been glorious. And he's opening up about that saying, unless we do something about it or reflect on this, this is not going to, you know, do as well as a community. So you were telling me before the the, the break, that you know why you wanted to be a teacher, and you also highlighted, you know, what, what the kind of attitude you receive in the classroom with your colleagues, where people are saying we're giving you two years, and you know, then we'll see how it's going to be going from from there. It's been five years now. How are your energy yes. levels? They are still as high because the conviction is still strong. Uh, um, I think I'm doing this for something bigger than myself, and I think that will help other teachers to really consider why do you join the profession in the first place? Is it for financial rewards? Is it for stat- uh, status? Then if it's for those two reasons, then I have bad news for you. You have to have strong convictions. And for me, I'm driven by a need to transform our society. And I see teaching as that. Uh, vehicle to achieve that. Um, when when you are a loner in a situation like the one you've just painted for us now, mm. wh- who do you then, you know, have as allies in your corner? Mm. I'm fortunate enough to have a few colleagues who share similar vision. Uh, there are about six of them. And we confide, confide in each other about certain issues that are happening in our school, uh, although we may not share or agree on everything. Uh, I also have a, a support group with my other uh, equally ambitious young teachers from other schools with whom we share uh, frustrations and even come up with a few solutions. And when you know that you have others who are going through the same thing, it becomes easier. And also don't be ashamed to consult psychologists uh, when you feel overwhelmed. Uh, just to pour uh, out your heart, to vent out if you need to, so that you don't uh, uh, get suffocated. So that for me helps. What what needs to happen from a structural point of view, uh, mm-hmm. to sort some of the issues out? You talk a lot about how the system seems to be broken rather than individuals. Mm-hmm. I think let's start with our politicians. The minute your parliamentarians 
send their kids to rural and even township schools. Don't tell me about the public school which can be a form of school. For me, that's not enough. Take your kids to those schools that are dysfunctional. Then, because your interests are there, you'll start to do things differently. I wonder how many of our current and even previous ministers have their kids in uh, dysfunctional schools, 80% of them. Uh, then we'll start to see a difference. Uh, because as it stands, I don't think they have uh, the interest of our kids at heart as, as much as they should. Uh, they can do, uh, they're not doing enough. Uh, that's just my take. And then uh, even departmental officials at district level, they can't send their kids to a school where I teach, but they would rather send their kids to uh, another school in town because it's relatively functions. But for as long as we have such scenarios, I don't think there, sh- there will be much change. Uh, policies are there. We have many of them, but they can't do much if you don't have enforcers. And those enforcers have to be our bureaucrats who send their kids to these schools. Hmm. What apart from the politicians, internally has gone wrong. Why is the attitude the way that it is? What do you think has gone wrong? I pin it down to how, uh, the first thing, how we appoint teachers. Mm -hmm. Let's go to universities. Teaching as a profession is one of the least competitive professions or degrees in the country. Uh, You go to medicine, you have to write psychometric tests or selection tests. You have to provide a comprehensive CV to show that you've really done much to uplift the uh, lives of others. Uh, 40, 40 points. But when you get to Faculty of Education, it's 30 points or even less. So it has to do with how we recruit kids or students at varsities. So how do we become highly competitive by attracting equally talented kids who are ambitious? and who have the best interest of people at heart. And then, uh, while they are there, are they inspired? What kind of stories do we tell the student teachers about the profession? And let's not lie about the challenges, but let's also motivate them to become the best that they can. And then, the other thing that I think uh, leads to this is how we appoint principals, from HOD to principals. Currently, it's who you know than what you know. Uh, you have to build uh, connections to be promoted. And people like us who are outspoken yet highly uh, competent, they are overlooked when the, the, the promotions come into play because you are troubled, so they see. So, uh, and then I think we also have to identify those uh, highly talented young teachers who exhibit potential to become uh, school leaders. Nurture them, expose them to opportunities, expose them to platforms that teach them how to run a school so that eventually, when they get to that level, they are ready to to lead our schools and have a strong vision to transform our schools into some world-class schools that we have in the country. Is is the way the things are running at the moment, is that part of why we have the kind of results from students that we have now? What effect does all of these things that you're talking about have on students? It's, it's a combination of factors. 
But what happens in our schools has so much to do with that. Uh, I'll take uh, my case as an example. I've always believed that uh, it's not enough to have a top quality teacher. It's what you also uh, get from parents. Do you get enough support or they just throw their kids to you and you have to deal with the problems that they can't deal with? In most cases, it's the case. But if you have a strong conviction and you have a strong character to tackle those challenges, you even confront parents about the things that they are not doing that they are supposed to be doing, then you start to realize, you start to notice some uh, marked differences. Uh, last year, uh, when the schools reopened in August, uh, I did some few things. I created a WhatsApp group to engage the parents. Immediately when I, their child does not uh, submit their homework, mm. on the spot, I send a parent with other parents uh, a WhatsApp text and name and team that learner. And then, mark my ways, the following day, all of those kids did their homework. And their performance even increased uh, remarkably uh, to an extent that even now when they get to grade 11, uh, I'm quite confident that by the time they get to grade 12, they'll be ready. But this is just me to win this thing. And I don't think that there's more uh, teachers who will do this because uh, justifiably so. Our work is uh, overwhelming. So we don't have enough time and support to do things that we want to do. Um, and the levels of demot- or motivation are also high because of these other factors. And it's, it's, it's a long way to go, to be honest, Australia. Uh, we still have a long way to go, but it cannot, it's not impossible. Do, do the students, you said, you know, the WhatsApp group, you know, started gaining some sort of a, a positive response. Do, yes, do yes. the students um, still have motivation? Do they still have the drive? And I say still, I know that they're still students, but yes. one can't imagine that they walked into the classroom in, you know, empathetic. So do yes. they, by the time they get to your classes, do they still have the kind of dreams that they maybe walked into the classroom with? It's a few, but what I've always uh, done throughout the years is expose them to the alternative world. Alternative world is exposing them to environments like in 2018 or 2019. I took them to constitutional court just to see how your uh, uh, judge Zondo do things. Expose them to that kind of environment. Show them to University of Vez or even UP or UCT, expose them to these higher learning institutions so that they start to dream about possibilities. They start to believe that they too can achieve big. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have a few friends who are super successful in their respective field, so I bring them to my uh, classrooms so that we bring the content to life and also to share their journeys with, with my students and those who, who understand this tend to do better than those who think maybe this is meant for others. So uh, we, it's not easy, but the level that I think I'm doing uh, tends to make a difference than having done nothing. Hmm.
Let me just take a quick break and I'll be back with more. Letlokhanolo Mufuking is a teacher. He's really been reflecting on his five years as a teacher in a township school. He specifies that, that he's in a township school and he talks about the problems in the school uh, ranging from apathy to all kinds of other issues, leadership and so on. And I'm very happy to take your calls also to have this conversation with us as we mark the first day of school here in South Africa. Many went back to school today. And uh, so we're reflecting on how the education um, is at the moment uh, through the lens of Litlokhonolomufuking. It is 1.30. Let me go to Utile Saku for the latest in headlines. Good afternoon, Utile. Let's have the conversation. WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Oh, good afternoon to you, Pimelo. Peter here and Alex. Look, we truly appreciate what our teachers are doing and what they have done uh, because, you know, each and every profession has to go via a teacher first. However, I think, uh, you know, all professions really have their own set of challenges, you know. And if we were to run away from our various professions, then there would not be any professions. I mean, it, it matters not whether you are a radio host or an accountant or an auditor. Um, there are a huge set of challenges. It's about it's about the calling. It's about whether you are in it in order to you know contribute uh, positively to uh, the communities or you're in it for something else. But if it's your calling, regardless of the challenges, you'll stick on it. Thank you. Good afternoon, Pimelo and the speaker discussing issues surrounding the teaching profession. I fully concur with his sentiments when he says that the qualification of becoming a teacher is incredibly, incredibly overlooked in our universities. For instance, I'm a master's graduate of the University of Limpopo. If you apply to study law and you don't find space, Bachelor of Education becomes the automatic qualification. If you get there, you're not meeting the APS score. They'll tell you, go try at education, the Faculty of Education, because they always prefer people with lower APS marks. It isn't attractive. That is why even when people go into these professions, they go into them because they understand that there are a lot more employment opportunities. There isn't passion and there isn't inspiration. Good afternoon, Pimelo. I work in rural areas, but I stay in, um, I would say, a suburb. I have noticed that teachers in the rural areas, they really do push. And I've also noticed that teachers in the former Model C schools, they are really pushing. The problem lies with the teachers who are based in township areas. Those are the ones with the problem. If we can sort out the mentality of the teachers in the township areas, we would have won half the battle regarding this education problem in this country. Thank you. Is a master of education graduate from WITS. He's a Mandela Road scholar. He's a co-author of a book called Your First Year of Varsity, a survival guide for university and college. He's penned a piece. Uh, this was on the 26th of January. 
it says five years and counting my experience as a township teacher in South Africa. He talks about just some of the apathetic attitudes that are in the classrooms with colleagues and so on. And he points to that being the major problem as to why we kind of see the kind of results that we have with students and specifically highlighting township students uh, and schools having the biggest problem. Uh, when you were listening to the voice note that came through Little Honolo, he also is saying townships are a different kind of a problem. Do, do you think it's specifically only to townships, this kind of unique problem that you highlight on your piece? Yes, I, really, I can't really say with certainty that the case. For me, why I chose even to uh, advocate for township schools is because I'm based in township schools. Mm. I can't really talk much about what's happening in rural schools or even farm schools because that's mm. not really been there. Uh, uh, but given that the majority of our schools are based in rural and township schools, one tends to even assume that General challenges are there, and even research uh, supports this. When you look at the report by uh, Amnesty International, uh, broken and unequal, it spells out some of the inequalities. You go through schools, some even when as far as percent of the respondents in housing said um, uh, schools don't meet the requirement of such one student per one teacher. Some go as far as 50 learners in one classroom uh, that can accommodate 30 or even 40 learners. And those are some of the systemic challenges that we have as a country. And it's about the collective. What is it that we do to invest in the education of our people? Because if we fail to, we will continue to have uh, these uh, great challenges that we have, socio-politically, even economically, uh, because Efficiency is such a critical role in the emancipation of our people. Let me just try and sort that line out, but let me go to Dumelo in Tlachstop in the meantime. Hi, Dumelo. Hello, ma'am. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for calling, Dumelo. Uh, I would like to comment and say that your guest is right mm. when he says uh, how teachers motivate children at school because I went to a farm school. I, I grew up in a farm mm. and the teachers would say they don't care whether you did your homework, you do your classwork or you pass because their kids were not going to the same school as you. And fortunately for me, I had relatives in uh, your townships, in Joburg, you can visit, you're exposed to other things, right? And that led to in my metric, only seven of us pass because as, as the motivation that you give kids because some kids come to, you know, uh, rural areas where... Only seven? Yes, wow. yes and uh, two previous years, seven also at about 21. Yo. Yeah, and, we were... And so what, what happens to these kids that keeps remaining behind? After our metric, uh, some of them, even now, some of them are just staying in the farm, doing nothing, working at farms. Hmm. Basically, their future destroyed. Wow. And, and, and your exposure, you said you, you were lucky because you were exposed to other environments. But, but in the classroom, you know, you were still with the same teachers, right? Yes, ma'am. We were with the same teachers. But, you know, with uh, different teachers, they have 
uh, you would you could say they are favorite students, mm-hmm. and I happen to be one of those because I had uh, a longer memory span. I could remember things, so I did fairly well. So they kind of uh, pulled me closer mm-hmm. and told me, Uguti, it's up to me whether I want to make it in life or I don't want to. So they were more uh, hard on me to do my work. They were expecting more from me. What an interesting conversation. Dumanda, thank you so much from uh, Tlekstop there. There's a, there's a message coming through here on um, a text message, and, and that's highlighting what they're calling the elephant in the room being the unions. Your reflection mm. on the unions? You can say that again. Just now a colleague was saying um, we have teacher, uh, teachers who are members of unions, yet they are the ones who arrive late at work. And then you start to wonder uh, where is the representation of the union. Uh, my argument is, for as long as Sati, for, ex- for example, or in particular, continues to play the political game than the educational game, we will not win this thing. For example, until Sati sent their teachers or members to universities to upgrade their qualifications, or even enroll for courses that enhance their classroom practice. I will not be convinced that SATU has the best interest of our children at heart. Um, the, the, the only time our unions tend to or seem to be interested in matters of education is justifiably perhaps when their members are implicated in, on issues that may jeopardize their uh, employment or jobs. And other than that, they are quiet. Now we have not received the increment or public servants. They are all over the show. But when kids uh, uh, fall or on peak toilets, they are quiet. It's only your civil society that tend to make noise. So uh, we pay membership fees, but you don't see much happening from them. Uh, so SATU also has a role to play in this mess. You say that, you know, you, you are seen as somebody that talks too much. You know, mm. you, you're a loud mouth. You get alienated mm. sometime. Mm. Why then do you speak up? Because I, I think I have something to contribute. Mm. And if they don't listen, perhaps in the future they will start to pay attention. Because uh, I tend to speak from an informed perspective. And although I stand to be corrected in other areas, but this is what research tells us. If you take care of these things, your school will do better. But uh, unfortunately, uh, such people don't tend to have a place in the spaces that we find ourselves in. Butana is calling us from Rosebank. Butana, hi. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank the you so much for The biggest problem, as they mentioned there, is the union and the Department of Education. The unions on Fridays, they don't come to school. It's either they are on the workshop, members of the union, by the, by the way, as teachers. It's either they are on the workshop or in the uh, memorial service or mm-hmm. in the meeting. They even work half day in rural areas. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. a sorry situation. It pains me uh, when the union are very, very, very vocal on political issues and appointment, 
That's where it ends. That's where it ends. The future of those kids has been destroyed by the government itself and the union. Are you a teacher, uh, Budana? I'm not. Okay. I'm not. All right. Uh, uh, I know that uh, my, 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 my younger sister mm-hmm. was a teacher. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you say that, you know, they, they don't want to improve skills, but everybody talks about these workshops that teachers go mm. to that are members <laughs> of the unions. What are they doing in these workshops? <laughs> One of my criticisms of these workshops is we... The last time I went to a workshop for accounting was when we were workshopped around um, uh, content, subject content, Mm -hmm. not content delivery. Um, It's not enough to train train teachers around issues of content. It's as if a teacher does not know the content. But what is the challenge is how do you deliver the content in such a way that a learner understands it? That's where the problem is. And that's one of the challenges I've always highlighted with some of the subject advisors, but they tend to fall on deaf. Uh, uh, so yes. are you saying, just help me out here. Are you mm-hmm. saying that the workshops primarily would focus on what you are supposed to be teaching? In other words, you become the student before you teach a yes. student. Yes, yes, that's correct. So you, the teacher, would be taught what a grade five would be taught because you yes. need to go teach grade fives. Yes, yes. Not matters of teaching. Pedagogy. How do you deliver the content? How wow. do you infuse technology in teaching, for example, accounting or mathematics? Uh, so we still have a long way to go. Yo, I've got some voice notes coming through. to you, Pimelo, and the listeners, Pimelo, the education system in the country is in a mess. Why don't we adopt the German education system, whereby a learner who does not excel from grade 10 is given an opportunity to pursue a trade offered by the school within the school, in that way, learners that fail to complete grade 12 or the metric have an alternate source of income or an alternate source of employment. We should think seriously about more trade-related schools than just having an educational system whereby learners do not pass. And it's sad because what happens to these kids when they fail at school? Nothing. The government does not provide or create opportunities for them to better their lives. Change to the German way of education, it helps a lot. For a developing country like ours, education is the key. Thank you from Chapter 2. Hi, Pimelo. What are Lefranonolo's views on corporal punishment? Because there seems to be this overwhelming view that you cannot teach township children without beating them on them. Lefranonolo, mm. corporate punishment? Corporal punishment? <laughs> no, it's, it's totally out of line. Um, children are children, children are human beings. Uh, explore other avenues to instill discipline because the minute you teach them that the only way you learn is through violence, we perpetuate violence that continues in this country. So 
it's a no-no for me. Um, talk to kids. Hear them out. Don't impose your ideas on them. Have a discussion, have a conversation, and see things from their perspective and try to uh, infuse what you know can work with what they think will work. Uh, and just on the comments by the previous uh, text, mm. WhatsApp verse note, uh, I think he's spot on. Uh, there should be other avenues to educating our kids. I like the model of how uh, the NEC there is doing some fantastic work. Uh, I remember I think two years back when the department introduced vocational education where kids are taught this uh, comprehensive schools uh, are taught how to fix cell phones, how to fix refrigerators. Those are the kinds of interventions we need in the education because it's, it's also amazing that we assume every kid can do mathematics, every kid has to do accounting to become a chartered accountant, but we neglect vocational skills. Let's take a quick break. I'll be back with more. We just want to take a quick break and I will be seeing, uh, I see your, your voice notes coming through. I'll be taking them in a short while as well as the uh, calls coming through. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Lithlokhanolomfukeng is a teacher. He is worried about the state of affairs in township schools. He's a teacher. He says there's a lot that is wrong there, and he wants us to really reflect on that. KGM, you're calling from the Free State this afternoon. Hello. Good afternoon, uh, Pimelo. Hi, how are you? Lithlokhanolo, good afternoon, and, and good afternoon to the, the listeners. Good afternoon, sir. Lithlokhanolo, uh, people like you... Uh, will always be made to sound like uh, you are a, a sounding gong. You're just a teen that is making empty noise. And there's a reason for that. Um, you, you should not feel any any need to pay attention to your detractors because mm. systematically it, it is meant to be like that. But, but to add on what you are saying, I, I would say we... The, the job that we have, Lesa Honolo, is not to fix this educational system because this educational system was never meant to benefit us. It was made to indoctrinate us. Now, we are busy trying to fix something that was never meant for us. That is the problem. The caller uh, through, I think it was a voice note, who said we should uh, look for a German, uh, rather uh, try to learn from a German model, forgets that the German model is based on Africa being the consumers. So <laughs> who, who is going to be the consumer in this case? But here's the solution as my parting shot. Pemelo Kimosara, I come from Kalahadi. We have a, an educational system in Kalahadi where a child is bred, is looked at, is, is, is uh, the establishment of the talent, the abilities of a child is from the, the toddler stage. In other words, they look at you, we look at you from that stage and see what your abilities and inabilities are. We don't group you into the, a class and then we, we force you to learn what you don't even have interest on, let alone what you are born to do. Now, there are the natural teachers. We have career teachers today. When you talk about, for instance, unions as an example, you're talking politics. 
which part of this society has been positively affected by politics. The political structure was meant to benefit the system that that comes from across the oceans. I wish I had time because Mm. it's a passionate discussion that we don't have to talk about it in flumps, but we've got to go deeper and not just talk about what we are expected to talk about, but talk reality and give pragmatic examples of, I mean, I'm I'm an example of a rejection of this educational system, but I'm making it in this very environment. So the the fallacy that when you are not academically... Do you want to elaborate a little bit, KGM, what you mean by that? Sorry? Do you want to elaborate a little bit on what you mean by that? Just, you know, by way of example. Look, I, I have the highest qualification, if it's a qualification I have, is metric. Mm-hmm. In fact, I haven't even, I don't even know the, the color of my, my, my metric certificate because mm. I never got to getting it. Mm. I, I know that I, I, I made it. Mm. But since my metric to now, I've employed probably just above 13,000 people since 1995 to, to date. Mm-hmm. I didn't need any formal, so-called formal education for me to be able to achieve that. I had the love of my people at heart. I maneuvered maneuvered through the very same system. In fact, Pimelo, I've employed the very same people who are are called academics and learned how they were indoctrinated not to have the best interest of the society at heart, but to have their own best interest at heart. I think that is a very serious matter that if we are serious about making things work in this country, that's the approach that we have to look at. When you are born to do something, Pimelo, not even a certificate will, will be able... You see, your guest, he, he's not paid to say what he does. The, the, the belly, something that's coming from his belly, is the reason why he's talking out. Whether he's been victimized, whether they, they're scaring him off or whatever, the belly is talking to him, and that's why he's expressing what is natural within him. Mm. That's what we should approach. Yeah, very, very interesting call there. Thank you so much uh, for that, KGM. Really inspiring. And, I, and I'm going to give you a chance to respond to that, but I want to take just maybe two voice notes because, before I come back to you, Little Ronald. Uh, hello. Uh, I would like to remain anonymous. Uh, I know I'm going to be a bit of the topic, but talking about teachers, I think there's a something that needs to be addressed here i have uh okay i don't know what you called it in english but uh well she was a a principal since i was in 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 primary and all of her all of all, all of her kids are working as teachers well none of them had has their uh, teaching qualifications and I also ha- have a friend who's a who's who's who did teaching and he's he's qualified and has uh, the qualification certificate but still has no work I'm just uh, I'm just wondering how is that possible or is that still happening Will be while we're still fighting the corruption and, 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 and everything. Yeah, thank you. Satu is a foundational challenge in South African schools. Show me a successful school with an active Satu site 
and I will show you the recipe for success in South Africa's education. Anonymous, Northern Cape. Your parting shots, I mean, those are very strong words, uh, both yes. from the two voice notes and from KGM. Yes, uh, KGM has hit it right on the head. Mm. Um, let's tap into the indigenous knowledge. What is it that we're born for? And is there a structure to make sure that that which we were born for is being nurtured, is being looked after? Uh, it's a difficult task, but we still we really need to think about that. Um, because we were born to do certain things. We, we were born with certain uh, innate uh, gifts. But are they being nurtured by the system? I don't think they are being. A kid is good with mathematics or, no, or music, but a kid has to be forced to do mathematics. When do we start to have more world-class musicians? When we dump them into this uh, system that does not work? Um, says an but, accounting yeah. teacher I like that <laughs> <laughs> I really really like that because you know it's not a selfish uh, point that you're making across um, do you think we're going to make it in 2021 with all the challenges that we've seen that COVID uh, threw at us last year are, are you worried what are your thoughts around this year educational guests will expand uh, more kids from well, uh, your rich schools will continue to outperform uh, most of our kids in the location because we are still far behind. Uh, this is a systemic challenge, but uh, we will pass through this uh, year, but more educational gaps will be evident in the future. And and is that how you feel, um, or, or or is that how many of your colleagues feel? We heard many of them were disgruntled. What was the sentiment like today when people went back to work? Generally, I think people just come to work uh, for the sake of waiting because the challenges in the system are so overwhelming. And mark my words, we have top teachers in the system. But the system under which they, or for which they work, does not really support them. And this is a political issue that needs political solution. And, and, and who's a custodian of that political will? Teachers. Teachers, perhaps if we mobilize ourselves to look for alternatives, Politicians will start to realize that we have more power than them, uh, than they think. You've been an inspiring um, light, I must say. You really have been such uh, a frank <laughs> convener of this conversation. Thank you so much for putting this together, no. for pinning this. And I know that you also highlighted the fact that you get, you know, people uh, think that you, you're out of order for, by making these points, particularly colleagues. Thank you for remembering country first. Thank you so much for, for highlighting what I was saying to my colleagues. I, I would have suspected the same thing, but I would never have imagined somebody would actually come up and tell us from within, uh, who especially who's still in the system, to tell us that it's so broken and be so frank about it. Thank you, Lutokonolo. Thank you so much for, for pinning this. Lutokonolo Mufuking is a Master of Education graduate from FITS. Mandela Road Scholar. Um, this piece, we will put it up on our social media platforms. It's called Five Years and Counting My Experience as a Township Teacher. 
in South Africa. It's definitely a lot to, to, to digest. There's a lot in there that is quite frank that I think we've all been suspecting, but it's something else when you get it from the from the person within the system. So this is really highly appreciated from the Tlokonolo Mufuge. It brings us to two o'clock. Let me go to Utsila Saku for the latest in uh, SABC News.